Before we start the show, let's talk about sex. But because this is a baseball podcast, I'll speak in code. Guys, were you a pitcher who used to go deep into games? Didn't need any relief? You know, no pitch counts. You went nine. Do you find yourself now tiring out? Or are you like now a one-out situational reliever? Do you understand what I'm trying to say in code? Do you need something to increase your stamina? To get a few more, you know, complete games and have the confidence your partner won't be looking in the bullpen to bring in someone else? Then try Blue Chew. Blue is in the color blue. It is the first chewable with the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know it's legit. Take it any time, day or night, on a full stomach. Stuck in traffic after a Dodger game. I don't judge. They work twice as fast as the pill, so you won't need to warm up as long in the bullpen to get into the game. Now, we baseball fans love performance-enhancing drugs. And guess what? This one works. You can even use it in Cooperstown. They won't test you because it's prescribed online and it ships straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person doctor visit, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since they prepare and ship direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, you can get a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB. Try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, faster, cheaper choice. Thanks for sponsoring the Locked On MLB podcast, which is starting right now. You are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. This episode is brought to you in part by Vivid Seats, which we will be talking about later, but we'll be talking now about a absolutely surreal day of baseball as the polar opposite you could possibly have in deciding games took place. One game was over in the top of the first. The other wasn't decided at the end of the bottom of the ninth. It was that kind of a day, and it was weird. Hey, this show is available on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. We're also available on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Player FM, Podbeam, all the places you get podcasts. You can go to our website, go to LockedOnMLB.com to hear it directly. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network where it really is your team every day. Hey, Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at LockedOnMLB. You can follow me, your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Where do we start? Where, where do we start? Do you want, I'm going to start with the second game. I'm going to start with the second game because that was the classic. That was the classic game that I wanted. I wanted to have a game that we're, could all kind of look around and go like, well, can you believe this is happening? Can you believe this is happening? And um, we got that. We got that in a do-or-die game. We got that in a game that Washington fans and Los Angeles fans will remember uh, forever. 
the implications that it has for the fan bases is astonishing. And I will talk a little bit once I finish breaking down some of the stuff that happened in the game about the concept of narratives. And narratives can be changed. But if you don't change it, they will stick around. So that Washington versus Los Angeles game, it, it ended about maybe 15 minutes ago. And I'm still kind of shaking from it. And I'm not even a Dodger or a National fan. So I can't imagine what those two fan bases feel like. But here we are. The, you know, it was Strasburg looked shaky from the beginning. And, and one of the reasons why you don't want me to be the manager of your team is I would have pulled him. But that would have been wrong to. Because he was bad the first couple of things, but he settled down. The Nats didn't have a super deep bullpen. And they needed to get a little bit of length from him. It's sort of counterintuitive because, they say, hey, it's an elimination game. Can't play games now. But you know what? Keeping him going for those six innings was the right thing to do because they didn't have a superstar pitcher just waiting in the wings. Okay, yeah, they had, uh, you know, technically they could have brought in uh, uh, Scherzer if they had wanted to do that, but they didn't. You know, technically they could have brought in Corbin earlier than they did, but they waited for the right time. And so in the end, Strasburg struck out seven in six innings, letting up the three runs on the two homers, but didn't pitch that badly otherwise. But Walker Bueller looked like he was making a case to be the series MVP. He was spectacular, pitching into the seventh inning, letting up only the one run, and in comes Kershaw. And he got the final out of the seventh inning. Now, I'm going to say something about second-guessing. There's a lot of people who are saying, why did they leave Kershaw out there in the eighth inning? And I will say right now, not only did I have no problem with that, but I was talking to a friend of mine who's a big Dodger fan, and I said, if they get in a situation that bring Kershaw, I would just let him finish the game. Because Kershaw has shown in the past he's pitched well out of the bullpen in postseason games. And I didn't see any harm in that. And I also felt, and I've said this on the podcast, that bringing Kenley Jansen with the series on the line would have been a fireable offense, in my opinion. So I can't second guess that because Roberts did what I would have done. And I've already explained that I would be a terrible manager, but I felt that made sense. But the thing is, you have to then execute. And he let up the home run to Rendon. Next pitch, the home run to Soto. And the minute the Soto home run went into the stands, suddenly the entire complexion of everything changed. Because it was Mardi Gras in Chavez Ravine before that. It was just a celebration of all things Dodger. You could have panned across the stadium. You would have seen Fernando dancing with Sandy Koufax, jumping in the arms of Mickey Hatcher, hugging Kirk Gibson, saying, hey, is that Steve Garvey? Yeah, give him a high five while we go get ourselves a beer with Ron Say. It was everything, including the ghosts of Flatbush, dancing in the outfield. Everything was Dodger. The big Dodger in the sky was laughing. 
And suddenly those back-to-back homers came about and you could hear everyone. You could see Mary Hart sitting in the front row thinking, oh my God, we're going to lose this game, aren't we? Because it was that sensation. It was, it's getting away from us. It's becoming a terrible thing. And suddenly the jubilation of LA and the inevitable third straight pennant turn into, oh, we got we got to score now, we got to score now, we got to score now. And that bottom of the ninth inning, all they needed was one swing of the bat. And you would have had the Dodgers celebrate, all things would have been normal, but they couldn't get the big hit in the ninth inning. And then we went to the 10th. Now, I am going to talk about the 10th and the 2nd, but I will tell you that if you're a Cardinal fan or if you're a National fan, I would start downloading Vivid Seats. And let me tell you why. Because you want to get tickets because you've got the NLCS. And Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams, artists perform in person, and earning credit back on all purchases made with the Vivid Seats app via Let's hear it for the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program. Vivid Seats offers great price and an easy purchasing experience, as well as the in-app loyalty program. And with results, with reward statuses, pardon me, ranging from MVP to Hall of Famer, customers can earn 10% up to 16% credit on all their purchases through the app through the month of October. Go to the App Store, Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, Fans are automatically enrolled in the loyalty program and will enjoy credits on all their purchases as part of the Vivid Seats reward. And they come, all the purchases you made there come with a 100% guarantee. Enter the promo code POSTSEASON at checkout and receive a discount for up to $100. Can't make it to the game? Do you, what you got to do? Order in some food. Order in Chinese. Order in pizza. Oh, maybe a hamburger. Maybe fish. I love fish. Get me ordering some fish. And do you know what you should use? Order in using Postmates. It's your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving. I'm craving fish right now. Postmates can deliver it. I'm going to order some fish. They're the largest on-demand network in the United States and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery, convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, then they're going to do another one. Postmates will bring what you want to your home within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even know what store they're getting it from. It doesn't matter. It's Postmates is doing it for you. Download the app on iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and track your delivery in real time for a limited time, though. Postmates is giving our listeners, including you, yes, you, $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start the free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. Are you listening to me? That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. When you download the Postmates app, anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with the code LOCKEDON. So we get to the 10th, Anthony Rendon, oh, well, Eaton gets, the, gets on base, and Rendon, who really was the player of the game, people could remember Howie Kenner, Rendon was the player of the game. 
He got two doubles. He got the home run off of Kershaw that kind of put him on his heels. And he got the ground rule double that put runners on second and third with nobody out in the 10th inning. They walked Soto. Joe Kelly on the mound. Now, I had said, don't use Kenley Jansen in that kind of a situation. And so they didn't. And Kelly was there with the bases loaded and nobody out. And up steps Howie Kendrick. Howie Kendrick, 14-year veteran. Howie Kendrick has played in the postseason with the Angels, the Dodgers, ironically, and Washington. Howie Kendrick, who made several critical errors, including at the game that I was at, and had that horrible base running mistake where he was thrown out and basically killed the rally and any uh, Washington hope in game three. And here we are. He comes up and hits a line drive. Now, I didn't think it was going to go out. I thought it was a sack fly. I thought it was deep, but I didn't think it was high enough. And then when I saw how, uh, I think it was Bellinger was the center fielder, how he was reacting, I said, oh, that's going to hit the wall. That may clear the bases. And it did clear the bases. It cleared the wall. I did not think it was going to be a grand slam. But suddenly, and this is an amazing thing that happens in baseball, when something positive happens, how it wipes the slate clean of all the bad things. No one's going to remember the errors that Howie Kendrick made. No one's going to remember the base running mistake. They're just going to remember he hit a grand slam in the 10th inning and completely turned the fates of the Washington Nationals upside down. And at that moment, you knew the Dodgers season was over. This 100-some-odd win team that looked like it was just poised to get in had that one tiny Achilles heel, which was the bullpen, and it came back to bite them. And now they're going to be playing golf while the wild card Nationals, who couldn't win the division, the Braves won the division, but the Braves are going home. The Nats are moving on. And friend of the Sully Baseball Podcast, Sean Doolittle, came out. And I'm so happy for him. I mean, he's, he's a genuinely good person. And he clinched the series. And all the people were saying, like, well, does it count? To say that the Nationals won a playoff series was just a wild card game. I don't know if that should count. I don't know if it should count. What about this? How about winning a game five on the road against a hundred some odd win, two time defending National League champion? Does that count as a series? Does that impress you? Boom. Doolittle saves it. He doesn't actually technically get the save, but nobody cares. Certainly not Aaron Dolan, and certainly not the. Resting pitch face hosts. The Nationals are moving on. And that's how you deal with a narrative. Annoying narratives. You might say, oh, it's not fair you say this narrative. Oh, it's not fair you say that narrative. But there have been narratives in this postseason that have reared their ugly heads. And do you know what? You can't avoid them. The A's can't win the postseason. Well, they didn't. The Twins can't even win a game, and the Yankees are always slapping them around. You don't like that narrative? Then win! Do something! Clayton Kershaw, you can't rely on him in the postseason. You don't think that's fair? You don't think that's fair? How'd he do today? How'd he do in his start? He got slapped around. How'd he do in the clinching game against the Red Sox last year? How'd he do in the World Series last year? How do you do in that World Series game against the Astros where they scored 7,000 runs and couldn't win a Kershaw start where they scored, what, 12, 13 runs? Enough of these are here that keep the narrative alive. 
Now, what was the narrative about the Nationals? They can't advance. They have great talent, but they can't advance. Do you know what they did? They changed the narrative. Suddenly, you can't say that anymore. Does that mean they're going to win the World Series? I don't know. They're going to play the Cardinals. I think it's going to be a good series. I think they have a better chance of the Cardinals than they would against Atlanta. And who was giving them a chance against Los Angeles? Nobody. I thought, now, to be fair to me, I've been saying all year that the Nationals are the only team that would have had a chance to knock the Dodgers off their perch because of the way the starting pitching matched up. But I didn't think they were going to actually do it. So you don't like the narrative, but you keep falling into it. Then tough if you don't like the narrative. The Nats didn't like the narrative. What they did, they just changed it. They just changed it. And now they're going to the NLCS. Now, there was another game, and it's really not worth talking about much. You know, the thing about the Braves that you got to have to remember is they lost two games in this postseason, in game one and game four, where they had leads in the eighth inning. They have nobody to blame but themselves. They were four outs away from eliminating the Cardinals. And they had runners on, on scoring position in extra innings in game four in a potential clinching game. And they came back to Atlanta and was 10 runs down before they took one swing of the bat. You know, you had uh, Phil Necro, the great Phil Necro, threw out the first pitch of game five of the uh, division series in Atlanta. And he recorded one fewer out than the starter, Mike Fultonewicz, who recorded one. And I felt badly for Mike Fultonewicz because he had a really nice comeback. He was really bad the first part of the season, sent to the minors, came back, was very effective when he came back, and pitched beautifully in Game 2 of the division series. And I feel badly that he just got torched today. But he got torched. You're down 10 runs before you get an at-bat. That's pretty bad. Now, it's funny. I listened to, was it Joe Simpson? And I don't remember the name of the other uh, Atlanta Braves announcer. I don't care enough to look up right now. I was listening to the game on the radio. I was listening on my MLB app. Instead of watching on TV, I was listening to the radio. And I was listening to the Braves broadcast. And it was a fabulous study in futility as a baseball announcer. They did a wonderful job calling a game that was over in the top of the first. And it was a bone-crushing game. It was the end of the season. It was a heartbreaking game. It was this wonderful year is now going to be only remembered for this horrible game. And inning after inning that they know in their heart it's over trying to build up some excitement or just talking about all the players. And it was wonderful listening because Everyone thought it was going to be a great do-or-die game because this series was terrific. And it's funny how the final game of a series can really dictate what we think about that series. When people think about that Cardinals-Braves series, they're probably only going to think about the blowout game five, how the Braves were humiliated. When it was actually a very dramatic game, one was dramatic uh, with a comeback by the Cardinals, Game three was dramatic, but the comeback by the Braves when they were one out away from losing. And then there was the extra inning win in game four. It looked like that was going to be a classic series. 
But now all anyone's going to remember is the blowout. But now the Cardinals, let's hear it for the Cardinals. The, someone made a point when the Cardinals were up by 10 runs before they even, you know, before the starting pitcher, Flaherty, even had to come to the mound. Someone made a great point saying, why don't they bring someone else in and, and save Flaherty for game one of the NLCS? And I, I can kind of see that, but I also, you know, if suddenly the Braves found a way to score 10 runs off of an unsuspecting reliever, I think they did fine. Someone else was criticizing that Flaherty pitched too many pitches. I, I think everyone's fine. I think he's going to be fine, and the Cardinals are going to face the Nationals, and who knows what's going to happen. I don't know, and, and neither do you. But you got to give them credit. They did the job. Their backs are to the wall. They did not have home field advantage in the division series, but they're going to in the NLCS. I'm trying to think when the last time that happened. I know that happened in 2006, where the A's beat the Twins. By the way, the only way the A's and the Twins can win anything in the postseason is if they play each other. But the A's beat the Twins in the division series, and the Tigers beat the Yankees in the division series, and so the series opened in Oakland. That was the one that ended on the Magli Ordonez home run. So there we go. Cardinals-Nats. There's a do-or-die game today, and that's going to be the Rays and the Astros. And I'm, quite frankly, I'm too wiped out to even think about that. So let's just let that game unfold the way it does. And wow, what a night. I love baseball. All the other sports are just games. You can listen to us on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Player FM, Podbean, all the places you get your podcasts. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast lockdown MLB. Thanks for Vivid Seats. Thanks to Postmates. Thanks to Blue Chew. I may need some Blue Chew tonight. That's the type of night we just had. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown MLB. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter and Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Going over an unbelievable day of baseball, this has been the Lockdown MLB Podcast for the 10th day of October, 2019. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.